Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. In the spirit of reconciliation, the entire team at Curious Freedom acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connection to land, waters and community. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people listening today. I would like to acknowledge in particular the Darug people who are the original custodians on the land on which I record this podcast. Thank you for showing us what curious freedom can look like. Hello and welcome to Curious Freedom with Kirsty Faruja and Friends podcast. I am Kirsty Faruja and today I am with my beautiful, beautiful friend and colleague here at Curious Freedom, Belinda Woodward. Welcome, Bin. Hey, so good to be here. So just in case you're wondering, her preferred nickname is Bin. Do you want to tell us more about that, Belinda? (laughs) Yes. So as a small child, having the name Belinda, I was called Bindi a lot. I absolutely hate it. Please don't ever call me that. Anyone, please, please. And then as I went to high school, my friends came up with Binny. They kind of shortened it and then it became Bin. And it has been that way for the last, gosh, 25 years or so. So yeah, most people get Bell. I will answer to most things, but yes. But not Bindi. No, not Bindi. I will <laughs> I will come at you. No. <laughs> so yes, that is yeah. My poor nephews when they were very tiny were very confused as to why they were calling their auntie Auntie Bin because they thought of rubbish and a garbage bin. So it's they're all good now because they're like thirteen or fourteen, but that is the history of of bin. Yes. And I just wanted to put it out there straight away, just in case I say bin throughout it and people yeah. are like Who's been? Who's that? Yeah. Why are you calling her a rubbish? (laughs) (laughs) So today, tell us about what we're going to be talking about, because this is your idea and you were really inspired by Leanne's episode last week. I was. So first of all, if you haven't heard last week's episode with Leanne, it was all about her decluttering challenge. So definitely go back and listen if you haven't. But yeah, I was really inspired by some things Leanne said. I thought the whole episode was amazing. There was so much gold in it. The thing that really stood out to me was the way she approached her declutter challenge. 
marriage. It was that she, we talk a lot about giving ourselves grace and allowing a lot of grace for ourselves so that we're being kind and that we are able to do better with our decluttering. So the thing that stood out for me was that she showed herself a lot of self-compassion. So I just thought it'd be great to talk about that, what that looks like, how it's important on our decluttering journeys. Is it easy? Maybe some ways that Kirsten and I show ourselves self-compassion or how we're maybe helping our kids to do that. And then some things we can suggest for you to start growing in this area. Yay. I loved it. I love it. I love the idea. And I absolutely agree that Leanne in her unique approach to mm. her decluttering challenge, there was lots of evidence of self-compassion. So this is the definition that Bin found according to selfcompassion.org. It is self-compassion is simply the process of turning compassion inwards. We are kind and understanding rather than harshly self-critical when we fail, make mistakes or feel inadequate. We give ourselves support and encouragement rather than being cold and judgmental when challenges and difficulties arise in our lives. And then it goes on to say that research indicates that self-compassion is one of the most powerful sources of coping and resilience we have available to us. It radically improves our mental and physical well-being. It motivates us to make changes and reach our goals, not because we're inadequate, but because we care and we want to be happy. So good. It, it is so good. I just like in that first part where it talks about where we're kind and understanding rather than harshly self-critical when we fail or make mistakes or feel inadequate. And it just got me thinking, oh my goodness, how easy it is to to, to go straight into that self-critical judging as soon as we come up against something that's hard. I know that that's definitely something I've been helping my eldest through. She's just turned 12 and just started high school and she has very high expectations of herself. (laughs) So we've been talking a lot about, you know, how can you, as it says, turn that compassion inward and, you know, think of your best friend and how would you talk to her in these moments and turn that towards yourself. So, yeah, I just thought that was a really great picture of like what we a lot of us normally and very easily do and then how to sort of shift that as well. Yeah. I love how um, it says it mo- self-compassion can motivate us to change, to make mm-hmm. changes and reach our goals, not because we're in- inadequate, because we're not inadequate, yeah. but because we care and we want to be happy. So yeah. it is like looking at yourself as a friend mm-hmm. rather than as somebody to be judged yep. and to be harsh with because we're not harsh with any we don't want to be harsh <laughs> with anybody else <laughs> yeah we're human so we you know it happens yeah but yeah yeah but if I was to be harsh with you and then call you one of my best friends you'd be like mm, this doesn't feel right because yeah. this is not how you treat a friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> so sure. yeah and Leanne absolutely showed self-compassion to herself. What were the things that stood out to you in her approach to how she was self-compassionate? Well, I mean, firstly, I thought her approach was so unique. It's not often that we come across people that actually approach decluttering with such self-compassion and freedom. 
to set themselves up for success. So one of the things that really stood out for me uh, was there was a point where I think there was a day she'd forgotten to maybe complete her challenge, but rather than being like, oh no, I'm so terrible. I didn't do this. How awful am I? And going down that real self-loathing or flagellation or things that we can kind of spiral into, she stopped and just went, oh, well, what's a quick win? How can I, what can I just do quickly now? And then did that and merrily went on her way. So it actually completely shifted everything and she was actually able to be productive and to get her challenge done and to feel good about herself. So I thought that was really, really cool. What about you? Did anything stand out for you, Kirst? I love that she didn't use a list as well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) That. I mean, Mm. and lists can be really helpful, Mm. like we spoke about, and maybe what you want to do if you are so used to creating lists or you don't know where to start in a declutter challenge like Leanne's, you can absolutely make a list, but then use that list as a jumping off point and to just choose something on that list rather than having to go day by day and going, okay, day one, I'm going to do this, day two, I'm going to do that. So um, I liked how flexible she was. in her approach and that there was no rigidity the only rigidity is that she wanted to do it she and she's continuing to do it every day and there's been so many times where she has got to that point in the day and gone oops I've got I haven't done it yet so she does find easy easy tasks to do and I love how much she broke it down into tiny chunks rather than like okay today I'm doing this whole room (laughs) so it was it's a very compassionate approach to decluttering yeah absolutely I had coffee with a friend this morning and she was talking about how she does 10 things a day in May and I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I was like, oh, we'll have to chat later on in the year. But <laughs> yes. um, she was like, yeah, just, you know, I just pick one tiny thing. It can be one drawer or one little part of the drawer. And so just uh, so there's so many things we can do to actually set ourselves up for success. So, yeah, I, I really love that she didn't use a list, which is so I find that hilarious that I'm saying that because I'm a huge list maker, <laughs> but I've fallen into the traps of getting stuck in that rigid schedule of if I haven't completed all the things on the list or in the right order, I spiral down into a not good place. So I love that she was able to just be inspired by whatever she woke up that day feeling like she wanted to do because the goal was to do something. That was it. It wasn't putting so many rules around it that she got herself stuck into that place of being immobilized. And I know we talk about that with um, procrastination as well. It's like, oh, I can't start it until I know exactly, you know, where this is going to go or, but I've got to do that first. And, that, and, and all these rules come into play and it actually becomes completely unhelpful. So the fact that she gave herself permission to wake up, go, cool, what do I feel like doing today? I'm going to do that. Because if you're inspired to do something, the motivation's there and you're going to be more successful. Ooh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So how important do you think it is for self-compassion on the whole decluttering journey, not just a challenge like Leanne has done? Oh my goodness. I, it's just so important in life, honestly, yes. <laughs> but, you know, but specifically with decluttering, it's a huge job, whether you're focusing on one room or the whole house, if you've got a deadline, there are so many factors that come into play. And the more compassion you can show yourself, the more ability you've actually got to reach the goals you need to and be in a healthier state when you're finished. Because decluttering, we've spoken about many times, is very taxing. It's tiring, uh, brings up a lot of emotions. So the more you can be gentle with yourself and flexible with yourself, I think that, yeah, you're setting yourself up for success and the journey will hopefully Mm -hmm. become smoother for you as opposed to just being this constant hard slog, which completely knocks all motivation. No one wants to keep doing something that is squashing them. So, yeah, I think it's super important. Yeah, I think that I can see the role of self-compassion being so important at so many junctions along the decluttering journey. Like you need it to start and to keep going and because we can see that it helps to motivate us to change, to make the changes. I think we also need it when things come up, when we're trying to make decisions, when we're feeling like, oh, but I spent good money on it. Somebody precious gave it to me. Oh, Mm -hmm. I've never used it. So what a waste of time and money. Yeah, a lot of the hurdles that we see come up for ourselves and for our clients when it comes to letting go or passing on things. That's when self-compassion can really come to the fore, when we can be kind to our past selves and think about our future selves as well. So have you seen that at play with clients? Definitely. Gosh, and just it just made me think of, you know, if you've suffered a loss, and you're coming to an area that you're needing to declutter that is going to trigger a lot of emotions, being able to show that compassion to yourself when you come across something 
and it might spark something in you and you're like, oh my goodness. And just being allowing yourself to like sit with that for a little while and to move forward, to process whatever it is that you need to, to be able to move through it. Like obviously you'd love to declutter really quickly and do the whole house in like a week and boom, you're done. Mm -hmm. But we've got to be realistic here. It's not always going to work that way. So allowing yourself the time, I think is, is a really great way of showing that self-compassion of giving yourself space, being able to move through. Because if you try and rush some of that stuff just to get to the end goal, look, you might get there, you might get it done really quickly, but your own mental state is actually way more important than all the stuff. So yeah, I guess that's where, that's what that made me think of when you were talking about that. Yeah. And knowing and having self-compassion and knowing when is the right time to deal with some things or to mm. go, actually, I'm not even going to go into that room. I'm not even going to open that drawer because I know where I am at mentally that this isn't a wise time to do that or it's yep. a perfect time to do this um, space. Yeah, yeah. And being compassionate towards yourself to know the difference between having self-compassion and procrastination <laughs> and yes, yeah. not spiraling into that self-critical, oh, I'm just procrastinating, I'm lazy, I can never do this, I'm hopeless. Like when actually it's compassion to not go into areas without the support that you need, without yeah being the right time or using self-compassion as the support that you need, like going, well, this is going to be really hard. So instead of flagellating myself over mm-hmm. something that I'm finding really hard, I'm going to be compassionate towards myself and, and acknowledge that everybody or most people would find this hard to deal with mm-hmm. loss or to deal with, you know, grown children when you find their their you know cut their baby hair or yeah. you know things that lots of people find sentimental you're not alone you're not the yeah. only one who feels that way loads of people find that difficult and challenging and so you can have self-compassion by reminding yourself that it's normal for this to be challenging. This is, it's normal. I'm not unique. I'm not lazy. I'm not hopeless. This is normal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you said something really important there was like bringing support in to help with that. It just made me think of one of my very first clients that I ever saw a couple of years ago. And, um, I, ended up doing, I think the first session with her, she couldn't come into the room because we were dealing with a lot of paperwork and she'd had some really traumatic experiences in the past and she just couldn't even come into the room because it was so triggering. So she sat, I think we got her to sit just in the doorway. I said to her, you know, that's fine. You can, you know, you've called in the support. That's what I'm here for. She sat in the doorway and I sort of asked her questions from there. And then I think it was even by the end of the first session, she actually ended up in the room and it was almost like she, she'd made the call. That's, you know, the first, the bravest thing she could have done. And she realized that she could actually do it. So she gave herself that space and, I, and we, you know, gave her permission 
oh, I didn't need to give her permission, but she made it right with herself to be able to do like, okay, I'm going to be involved, but I'm just going to sit out here so that I really want to do this, but this is as far as I can go. And then by the end of the session, she'd realized, oh, actually I can do this and I've got the support and it ended up being able to motivate her. So yeah, I just thought that was an important point to make. It was really cool to be able to see her then realize by giving herself that space and that self-compassion and not thinking she was procrastinating that she ended up then being able to achieve her goal, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the same with, you know, the other hurdles that we often come up against, like, oh, but I spent good money on that. Yeah. So you can have compassion on your past self and go, yeah, you thought that that was a wise purchase at the time, but it hasn't served you or it didn't serve you in the way that you thought it would, or it absolutely served you and you've used it and you no longer need it. And so Mm -hmm. can it be passed on to somebody else who's going to continue to use it until the lifetime of that product is complete and it actually needs to go in the bin? So, yeah, like using self-compassion instead of beating yourself up, you know. I know, you know, there's platters that we got for our wedding that we thought that we'd be these amazing hosts and have people over all the time. Yeah. And you know, we've definitely used them. We've been married 18 years, so we've used them, but it's not like they get used every weekend. (laughs) And, And there's definitely things that I've bought that I've never used or that I've barely used or I've used for two weeks and then not used them again. And so, it is having that self-compassion and using that compassion to then remind myself when I'm next at the shops and I see something that I, will be amazing and going to solve all of my life problems because <laughs> that's what marketers tell us. Yep. <laughs> to pause and to reflect and go, well, you know, do I need to buy it right now? Like, and can I take a breath? Can I go home and think about it? Can I think about where, where is it going to live? How's it, how am I going to use it? Am I actually going to use that? Is that my ideal self talking or my wannabe self talking and having compassion, you know, towards my future self as well and going, actually, you're probably not going to use that. So probably don't buy it, Kirsty, because then your <laughs> future self is just going to chuck it out or, you know, pass it on. And you're setting yourself up to have to use self-compassion even more. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I think you touched on something really awesome there, which was like reflection. It's a great discipline to practice, to uncover what works and to see what doesn't to give you more opportunity for success. So when we reflect on things, we're getting curious, we're asking ourselves questions, we're going, am I really going to use that? How did this work out for me last time? Is a really good one to ask yourself. But I think that's a reflecting on when you've done something in a certain way, thinking through, hey, how did that work out? What could I improve on? Really sort of evaluating how things went is such a great tool to have in your decluttering and, you know, life skills box to assess how you can show yourself more self-compassion and how you can, you know, move forward for more success in the future. Yeah. And because reflection is, that's when you also need to use this self-compassion because reflection can often be (laughs) where the harsh critic comes in and goes, oh my goodness, you tried to do a 21 day challenge and you couldn't even do that. You're hopeless. 
Like, who do you think you are? You clearly need to spend lots of money to get a professional organizer in to come alongside you because you are useless. You cannot do this by yourself. And that's not helpful. (laughs) And so when you are reflecting on things, you do need to use self-compassion to go, okay, I'm doing this from a compassionate perspective rather than a harsh, critical perspective. And uh, okay, could I have done this differently? Yes. I'm not going to beat myself up about that though. I'm going to learn from this and okay, what would I like to do different in the future? Or what do I need? What supports do I need? You know, or maybe I do need to have a professional organizer in and that's not a bad thing. I'm not going to beat myself up for having to have a professional to come in alongside me because I realize that I do work best with accountability. I do work best like that. And so being compassionate in your reflection is super helpful and it's not where you want the self-critic to come you can tell the self-critic to go and yep. leave and welcome my friend self-compassion. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause I think we forget we're humans sometimes, <laughs> you know, we want to just be like robots and just get it all done and have no emotion and just power on through. But we're human beings. We make mistakes. We have feelings. We've had experiences and all the things can come up when you're decluttering and when you're reflecting. So something that we talk about a lot is reframing, like, re- okay, that's a really critical thought. How can I reframe that in a better way? I mean, I'm the eternal optimist, so I'm very into <laughs> positive and reframing things. And I'm, you know, if you need a silver lining, I will find it for you. <laughs> but, and I know that doesn't come easily to everybody. So that's something that you can practice if you're really wanting to grow in this area. What are some other things that people could do if they're wanting to grow in this area of self-compassion? I think noticing when the critic comes out is key because sometimes that self-critic, that critic may have been your very closest friend for the Mm -hmm. last 45 years. (laughs) And you think of it, as a friend and because it is it's been protecting you and it's It's been there for yeah yeah it's been there for a reason and so noticing when the critic turns up and then acknowledging the critic and going okay cool I see you (laughs) I see you and I see what you're trying to do here however let me invite my other friend over (laughs) let's see what compassion's got to say in this situation and noticing when you are saying I should like we talk about this all the time Mm -hmm. the shoulds is the critic yeah yeah (laughs) and the coulds is your compassionate friend so I could do things differently in the future. I could do this, or I could have chosen a different way in the past, or I could declutter today rather than I should and I must and I have to and I'm the worst if I don't. Yep. And like what Leanne did and is continuing to do in her experiment is just taking off that expectation. Yep. That's, you know, I'm building a business at the moment the Linda's along for the ride, Fee's along for the ride, and we've got a beautiful team along for the ride. But I've had to start all over again in the last couple of months. And self-compassion has been my closest, closest friend during this season because it is so easy to go down the road of 
being judgmental of myself and a harsh critic and that it's not going to keep the wheels turning of curious freedom. It's going to stop things dead in its track because that is what the critic is trying to do. It's trying to protect you. And protection often looks like stopping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And when things aren't moving as quickly as I want them to, just like you may have discovered in decluttering, you know, when I started this new business, I was like, right, everything's going to be done. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to be on our way by January. Yeah. Well, here we are in February and we've still got lots to do (laughs) to get those wheels turning. So compassion has been a very close, close, close friend of mine over this last season. And it's helped by trying my best to remove the expectations of when things are going to get done and how things are going to look, look and being open and curious Mm. about what this new business can look like and how could we do things differently? I mean, many of the team from the Art of Decluttering came with me. And so we're all know our way of doing business and we're all being curious about whether or not the old way still suits us in this new season. And so It's having compassion for ourselves and being curious and exploratory, that's the right word, (laughs) about what and how it can be. And so I just want to encourage you all that how can you be curious and how can you show self-compassion on your decluttering journey and your life journey? Like, Mm. you know, as Belinda said earlier, her 12-year-old is learning lots about self-compassion at the moment. And I know as a 45-year-old, and I'm encouraging that other people in my house to have some more self-compassion as well. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a it's journey. An, it is a journey. It's yeah. an interesting ride. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we're always learning lots where we're discovering new things about ourselves all the time. And I think what you said there was really key was just being open. Like sometimes we can get really locked into the how of something's going to happen or turn out or, you know, that that perfectionist little voice can come in or big voice sometimes can come in and be like, but this is how this is supposed to work out. This is how you do this. And trying to have a bit of a reality check with yourself and going, but is that realistic? Like, oh, I've woken up today not feeling the greatest. My baby kept me up all night. All right, let's have some self-compassion. Let's see what needs to happen today and how can I do it so that it works better because of where I'm already starting the day. So it's just that checking in with yourself as well. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So one of the questions is, is self-compassion easy? (laughs) Belinda, do you find it easy? (laughs) Well, I'm laughing. So uh, I have been learning a lot and growing in this area. (laughs) I too have been uh, dealing with quite a harsh inner critic that, you know, when you have kids, they are like big fat mirrors and (laughs) of yourself. (laughs) So I think 
watching my eldest go through learning more about herself and how strongly she thinks about things and believes those expectations she's put on herself, that has sparked in me a bit of a, I'm going to check in with myself (laughs) because I feel like this is feeling very familiar. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, a lot of work is going into that. I guess being quite optimistic really helps. I generally try and, as I said, try and find the good in everything, often to my detriment, but um, mostly it's a good thing to do. <laughs> Not everyone appreciates it, let me tell you. But yeah, it's definitely a journey I'm growing in. I'm much more aware now of when that inner critic comes up. Uh, I still miss it because I'm human and maybe don't want to hear it or don't want to acknowledge it and just want to keep going the way I've been going because it's easy. And often if we've lived with a companion like that for most of our lives, for whatever reason, and there's some things happen and you just have to survive and there's, you know, strategies that come into play to help you do that. But at a point, you become safe enough to let some stuff go. So it's, it's, it is not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Yes. And it is something that you can practice yes. and get better at extending compassion to yourself. Yep. So Definitely. it's been a really interesting conversation. Yeah, ben. it's Thank awesome. you. I hope that you curious one have become more curious about <laughs> showing yourself some compassion this week. We would love to hear all about it and all about how your inner critic is being told to shush up <laughs> and your compassionate friend is being asked to step forward. So if you'd like to share some of those thoughts and stories, then please head over to our Facebook community. It's called the Curious Freedom Community. There's links in the show notes. Yep. And if you found this episode or any of our other episodes helpful, we would love a review. So most podcast players have got the function to leave a review, or you can always head over to Facebook and leave us a review there too. We would happily receive them there. So thank you, Bin. How was your first episode with me <laughs> as Curious Freedom? <laughs> it was good. I... uh was very nervous. I showed you my shaky hands earlier, but no, it was really fun. I think I I love talking about all this stuff. So it was really good. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. You'll be back often. I am sure. (laughs) So thank you, Curious Ones, for listening in today. And we cannot wait to be back in your ears again next week. So until then, bye. Bye. Bye.